0: 6.30 Chad presents The Elks This Week. A close-up look at the Elks and the Canadian Football League. Every week, we take you inside the game from the voice of the Edmonton Elks, 6.30
1: Chad. Here's Morley Scott takes an E, and that's it. It's all over. Well, one thing's not over. The losing streak continues at home. It's now at a CFL record 15 straight losses on home field for the Edmonton Elks. I ain't talking about it? that streak, so next question. There's nothing, to, nothing, nothing. That's a professional football game, and we unfortunately dropped the game. There's nothing any different from that loss than there is the losses that we've had on the road. So... Not answer any more questions about that. Two more cracks for the Elks to end the home losing streak before this season comes to an end. Uh, The Elks will be in Winnipeg this Saturday. Uh, Then they'll be home to wrap up the regular season with uh, games against the Toronto Argonauts on the 15th and the BC Lions on the 21st. 25-18, the final score Saturday afternoon. Wow, what a beautiful day it was. Entertaining football, big crowd, second biggest of the year at over 24,000, but the result puts the Elks on the brink of elimination. Playoff hopes are there but very, very slim as they move forward for their final three games. Uh, Welcome to the show for this week, everybody. Let's get right into it. Derek Taylor, voice of the Blue Bombers, will join us in the back half of the program tonight. But first, a conversation I had today with linebacker Adam Konar. Uh, We covered a lot of ground as we talked at uh, Commonwealth Stadium. The approach to the rest of the season. Friday's Saskatchewan at Hamilton game before the Elks play Saturday in Winnipeg. Uh, That game, of course, on Friday night, can eliminate the Elks if the Riders win, and we also talked about uh, putting the building blocks in place for next year. But we started with the disappointment of Saturday's loss to Montreal.
2: Yeah, definitely, it was a it was a tough one. I mean, every loss is tough, but that one definitely stung a little bit. Uh, you know, a little bit more than they they might have before. But you know, Montreal is a good team they ended up just making more plays than we did at the end of the day. So I mean it, it is a loss but we got to bounce back this week against Winnipeg.
1: Yeah, they made the plays in at the right time. You guys offensively had the chance to make yeah. the plays and didn't and mm-hmm. that's where the the difference was,
2: right? For sure. Yeah, they just yeah, they made their plays at the right time, right? Mm-hmm. At the crucial crucial moments of the game. So kudos to them for making those plays, but you know we got to figure out a way ourselves to make those plays on our end. Yeah. So you
1: come back to practice today. You guys know what the situation is. It's, everything's got to go perfect for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got to win it all. Saskatchewan's going to lose it all. Hamilton, I think, can only win two mm-hmm. games. How do, you, how do you process that as you move forward? Because, obviously, chances are slim, but you've sure. you still got one.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the, that's the thing. There still is a chance. I mean, the only thing you can do is focus on ourselves, right, is focus on trying to win this week against Winnipeg it's looking no further than that looking at nobody else around the league, Sask or Hamilton it's just looking at us trying to figure out how do we win this week, this game and then we look at everything else after that and see where we stand, right? Defensively Saturday, going to be happy with the performance? Yeah, definitely, I mean it was a good performance uh, and that's against a good offense too, a veteran quarterback, good running backs, good receivers, so it was a good performance for sure um, and we still feel like there's more in the tank for us to to do better to make more plays too that's kind of been the issue, though, uh, all mm-hmm. season long with you
1: guys. If, if you guys don't have a good game, um, the offense has to. Uh, if the offense doesn't, you guys have to. And yeah. you, you just all season long has been trouble getting on the same page. Complementary football, full 60 minutes, whatever yeah. the phrase is, yeah. it just hasn't been there.
2: That, that's what it is: is complementary football, right? And uh, for one reason or another, uh, it's been like that throughout this whole year. Like you said, uh, the offense will be playing good some games, and the defense doesn't hold up their end, or vice versa. It's uh, just been the kind of year kind of the way it's gone this year but it's one of those things you know you just got to keep fighting through you just got to keep trying to figure out a way every single week to you know turn it around and for myself and everyone else on defense we're looking at us like how can how can the defense help the team win how can I as an individual help the team win it's not looking at anyone else it's looking at ourselves and trying to figure out what we can do to help the offense even more and what we can do to just help our team to win.
1: Yeah, There's that old saying in football Five or six plays decide every game. Yeah, you don't know where they're going to be and, and who's going to evolve in them. But you, you look back and you see those plays in that game. From yeah. you know, Jamie had the chance for the for the interception and gets a knockdown, but the you INT know, they end up scoring on that drive. Uh, and they get stuffed at that at the five yard line. There's just so many
2: variables and it's it's hard to win, isn't it? it? It is, and I mean when you look at stuff like that too, you realize how small the difference is between winning and losing, right? Like. Yeah, it even can come down to one or two plays some games, right? And those one or two plays are the difference. You don't know where those plays are going to be within the game, but those one or two plays can make a difference. And that's why, I mean, the difference between winning and losing is so small. I mean, we've been close numerous times this year. We just haven't had those one or two or three or four plays that have made the difference
1: i don't know you know you don't want to write off this year now but what's your thought process about next year and about how you've kind of put the building blocks in place mm-hmm. a little bit obviously the team's got to be better you still got to make some changes but it seems even if, when i go back and compare it to last year at the end of the season mm-hmm. it seems like there's more in place and ready to improve next year than there was last year at this time
2: yeah definitely and i mean um you know it's we definitely have been building building up this whole year and improving throughout this whole year especially I mean for me I'm looking at at it as from a defensive perspective right I'm not really worried about what the offense does or anything like that so as a defense we've improved a ton throughout the year and we've been able to get more consistent lineups and stuff like that throughout the year and it's also good to see that you know even though we haven't won as many games as we wanted guys are still fighting guys are still playing hard it doesn't matter you know what our record is I mean at the the end of the day, we still have his tiny chance, so it's still... Gives guys even more of a reason to keep fighting for it, you know, and keep building for this year, but also to next year as well.
1: I understand what you're saying about the defense, like that's mm-hmm. your ball game. Uh, but when you look across at the offense and you see Kevin Brown and you see Dylan Mitchell, uh, and and you see Taylor making his his yeah. progress this year, and then you look at special teams and you see a run uh, a return game mm-hmm.
2: starting to develop. It everybody seems to be getting better. It's just maybe too late. For sure, yeah, yeah. It's one of those things, right? Um, that you know, we're all we we. Feel feel like we have a good team at this point. Um, and like you said, we have those guys on offense. We have Kevin Brown, great running back. Um, Dylan Mitchell who came in and he's been a great receiver for us. and. Taylor's been uh, Taylor's been improving this whole year as well, right? You can really see him, him getting more comfortable out there and improving every single game. Um, so yeah, we have a lot of building blocks in place, right? And uh, it's good that we're still able to fight right now for a chance to get into the playoffs while we're still working towards building this team as a whole and building this core as well.
1: The old saying that so many athletes in every sport will use control what you can
2: control. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: that leads me into Friday night's game, Saskatchewan at Hamilton. You can't control it, but obviously mm-hmm. it affects you. What's your mindset going into that? Will, will, you, will you watch that game in the hotel room on Friday night? Will you, yeah. will you care, just want to know the result? Or will you, will you kind of be on the edge of your seat watching it?
2: I mean, I'm, I'm a big CFL fan, right? Um, I, I always have been my whole life, so I'll be... I, I tune into every single game that I can, that I can watch. Um, and so I'll, I'll definitely be in my hotel room watching it, just like any other road trip. Um, and obviously, I guess, you know, You have a little bias when you're watching it. You're cheering for one team uh, rather than the other, but uh, it it happens more often than you think that you want one team to win over the other, right? That kind of might help you out. So obviously we want Hamilton to win this week. you know That would help some guys' mental, but at the end of the day, you still have to go out the next day and go play a football game against Winnipeg that we still want to try and win whether or not uh, Hamilton wins or they lose. We still want to go out and do our best against Winnipeg because, like you said, we're building... Like, we, we're building for this year, but we're also building our group for next year and the coming years as well. And that game won't be easy. I mean,
1: Winnipeg's a great team, and they're trying to clinch first place and mm-hmm. get the bye and, and keep home field for
2: for the entire playoffs. So exactly. uh, it's that, that won't be easy. They're a really good team. No, 100%, and it's always fun going into Winnipeg, going against the top team in the league, right? It's a, it's always a good challenge. So it's never hard to get excited for a game like that. You know, you we're still getting to play football at the end of the day and go, up against one of the best teams in the league, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, so it's always a good challenge uh, and always fun to play. Yeah. And,
1: and regardless of what happens on Friday night, yeah. once you kick off, you're playing football, right? It, it's you're like, I mean, football. you're not you're not thinking about the standings. You're thinking about getting that,
2: yeah, get that guy, right? 100%. You're going out as an individual, you know, trying to make plays, and, and it always feels better no matter what the standings are to get a win at the end of the day than to leave with a loss right so no matter what happens on friday night we still want to go into winnipeg and get a win from them uh personally you're you're are you happy with it i know i think last year you you stayed healthy that
1: was your issue with the early in your career you had you know you had some trouble staying in the lineup but the last couple of years
2: you've 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 been healthy and played have you changed your style of play to do that Uh, I wouldn't say I've changed my style of play. I've just changed my... just been smarter with training, uh, smarter with taking care of my body uh, and stuff like that that has allowed me to kind of keep the same style of play, but able to stay stronger, stay healthier and stay, you know, stay active. Yeah. Yeah. So it hasn't, yeah, it hasn't been changing the style of play. It's just been changing the way kind of I train and kind of how I approach my training.
1: You've been in the lineup and you've showed the versatility. You played inside, you played outside. So it's, I imagine from your perspective, nice to be able to
2: be a contributor wherever they put you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's all I want, right, is uh, you know a chance to be out there, to be able to uh, help the team as a defensive player every single week. So the fact that I've been able to do that every week this year so far has been a blessing, and it's something that I want to do every year is trying to play 18 games every year, right? And this year isn't finished. I hope to finish the year out healthy, and you know, that's what I want to do every year is just come in, stay healthy the whole season. It gives you better opportunity when you're out there every single week as opposed to missing five or six games a year right adam thanks for your time man. I appreciate it yeah thanks marley
1: linebacker adam konar interesting discussion i had with him today at elks practice by the way we did Knock on wood after we talked about the injury situation for him this year. But he's been healthy and he's played really well. 40 defensive tackles, uh, a couple of special teams tackles, 40, uh, two quarterback sacks and one interception. Uh, Adam Conar's had a pretty solid year for the Edmonton Elks on their defense. So when we come back, we'll go to Winnipeg and check in with the Bombers and see what's cooking with Derek Taylor, the voice of the Bombers, on our sister station, CJOB. That coming up uh, next on the Elks this week on 630 Chat.
0: football talk on the Elks this week. Here's Morley Scott
1: on the voice of the Edmonton Elks. 630 Chad. Uh, No return trip to Winnipeg for Kenny Lawler this week. Uh, Elks made it official today announcing he has indeed undergone surgery on that shoulder injury, collarbone injury that he suffered on that great catch he made on uh, Saturday afternoon. So he is done for the season and will uh, spend the rest of 2022 on the six-game injured list. So certainly tough news for the Elks offensively. We'll see as the week moves along who they move in and put in his place uh, in the offense. There's a chance it could be Manny Arsenault who could come back early from the six-game. Injured list. Uh, he's he can practice with the team now after five weeks, and he was out there today, but was far from a full participant. So we'll see how he is uh, tomorrow and how much time uh, he has with the number ones, if any, tomorrow at practice. Uh, Elks will be in Winnipeg on Saturday night, five o'clock start, three thirty for the countdown to kickoff here on six thirty. Ched will have it with uh, Dave Campbell, Blake Dermott, and uh, Brendan Escott uh, in uh, Winnipeg. Derek Taylor will have the call with uh, Doug Brown on our sister station CJOB, and uh, Derek. Joins us now. How are you, DT? I'm doing very well, brother. I get to listen to your guys' broadcast. When I was doing yard work on the weekend, it was great. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that, or I apologize—one of the two—for you. But uh, I did—I uh, did see the tweet, and I thank you for that. Uh, it was—it was an entertaining game. But as many have done for the Edmonton Elks this year, the wrong play at the wrong time, either uh, completing it or getting it pulled off against you, has them going to the loss side again. It's been a tough year uh, that way. Uh, uh, things have gone pretty well for the Bombers, though. I would have to say, 13 uh, and two—they seem to have recovered from their uh, their butt kicking at the hands of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. A couple of weeks ago, what kind of mood are the are the bombers in now at 13 and two, and just I imagine just trying to stay healthy and fine tune their game for the playoffs.
0: Well, and, and that's uh, the healthy part is 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 it. Uh, they just got. Kind of... Keon Adams, uh, Saskatchewan, releases recently signed Keon Adams. They have today made a trade for Alden Darby, the defensive back of the Hamilton Tiger Cats, who was with them. And I believe it's two different stints he's been with the Bombers. A uh, veteran defensive back to fill in for some of the injuries that they've had, potentially some of the young guys that are manning that field side. Maybe Darby could slide into one of those spots. But, I mean, the 13 and 2 record belies the fact that this team has been crushed. By injuries, I was I was doing Ryder games last year when they had 16, 17 guys on the six-game injury list. Uh, the Bombers have had multiple very important starters on the six-game injury list through, throughout this season, and it's incredible to think that they've you know won 13 of 15 with you know their third weak side linebacker and their third safety, and on and on and on.
1: Yeah, and and have managed to pull through. That's what, as as the other coaches say. That's what good teams do, right? No matter what the situation, they find ways to win. What's the hell situation for Saturday? Anybody coming back?
0: Uh, that's a great question. Nobody's coming back that we know of Greg Ellingson is on his fifth week of the six game injured list. So he's doing a little more activity, but it doesn't look like he is set to come back. They may have a change at uh, the strong side linebacker spot that time defensive back spot. And then we'll see how quick it can uh, can all the Darby get acclimated to it. He has until Saturday. He wasn't at practice today for day one, but I mean, you're here to win the great top. You you know the system that they're running, and you know you can fill in at halfback, cornerback, uh, Sam linebacker, wherever you might need. So I'm curious how quickly it'll be till Darby gets in the lineup. But uh, unfortunately, for their respect, uh, there's nobody fresh coming back into the lineup, and they lost more guys this past week, including Malcolm Thompson, one of their depth safeties. Uh, I guess Thompson's done for the year based on how that went. So... Oh, it's, it's not getting any better, brother.
1: I was driving around today to and from practice, and I was uh, listening to your coach's show on CGOB from last night, and I thought to myself, man, things are going good for a football team when you have a coach's show and you spend about five minutes talking about the coach's legs and how long he's going to wear shorts for.
0: <laughs> people are people are fascinated by Coach O'Shea. It, it, it is it's one of the things when – he won consecutive Grey Cups, and he won 13 of 15. And there are certainly issues that we can talk about with this team and, and, you know, what might be what might foil them and how lucky they've been in spots this season. But, yeah, people are pretty confident because there was a time not too long ago, I'm sure you've been through this, where people are like, this is the worst 4-0 team ever. And you go, all right, well, we got some, we got some balance here. So I, I guess that's, uh, that's what it is. But uh, he's proud yeah. of his Irish legs, as white as they are.
1: Yeah, the, the fans of Winnipeg have probably earned that after, what, 29 years without uh, without a Grey Cup or whatever the whatever the totals were before 2019. Uh, great fan base. There's no doubt about that. always look forward to my games uh, in Winnipeg. We'll have it for you on 6.30, Chet, here. Uh, the uh, countdown to kickoff will go at 3.30. We'll have uh, the game at 5 o'clock. Derek, Derek Taylor from CGOB in Winnipeg who calls the Bomber game so join us right now on the Elks this week. Derek, I'm interested to get your take on the Elks right now. Uh, around here, we kind of think we, we've seen some sparks. We've seen some growth. We've seen some improvement, especially the last four to six weeks. Uh, we got the green and gold-colored glasses on, though. From outside, what do you see with the Elks?
0: I, I've been kind of waiting. I, I just kind of compared this elk season to Chris Jones' first season in Saskatchewan. They were, they were bad that year. They were 5-13, and 13, but they laid the foundational pieces. They brought Willie Jefferson back from the NFL. and Willie was a guy you would have known in Edmonton, but I, I had no idea who he was. But I was watching from afar going, okay, this guy's for real. So I've been waiting for, as Chris Jones makes all these moves and he's moving all these pieces around and flipping guys open to defense, who are the foundational pieces that he's going to count on? And when I looked at the roster in advance of the Montreal game, I I thought, okay, I'm starting to see some of them here. Uh, Kevin Brown in the backfield, five yards after contact per carry, is by far the number one in the Canadian Football League. And that number is going to come down. But you watch that guy run and you go, okay, yep, that was – worth waiting for i i now i'm now less offended by the walter fletcher trade because kevin brown was ultimately at the end of it uh, add in dylan mitchell to you know if dylan mitchell is back next year and Terrell walker's back and somehow kenny lawler is back next year okay well i really like where that's going now let's fix up the problems on the offensive line and you, you and i have talked about this morning. i'm i'm not a taylor cornelius guy but he can certainly do some things. I look at a team and I go, there's some foundational pieces now. So I, as much as it's not going well this year, the stage is set for, if you add a few more in the off season, the stage is set for a good jump next season.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree. I, I certainly feel uh, 100% better about the team this year at this stage of the year than it did last year at this stage of the year. There's no, <laughs> yes. there's no doubt about that. There's a clear plan and, and direction going on. Uh, one last thing. we got about a minute here, Derek. What do you think? Um, everyone's talking about the crossover. What are the chances Hamilton actually makes the playoffs uh, out of the East and both Saskatchewan and Edmonton miss?
0: Hamilton had an amazing
1: game against the Bombers that one. That's probably the best game Dane Evans will ever play.
0: And then they followed it up with, to me, exactly who they are. They're just not a very good football team. So Sass with six wins to Hamilton's four, it gives Saskatchewan essentially a one-game lead. I, I think the Riders end up with the crossover spot. It's too much of a reach for Edmonton now. I just don't see it from Hamilton. And uh, I was the biggest Ottawa proponent at the beginning of the season, but the end of Vasoli was the end of them. So I, I think Sass crossover, and I think they're in for a world of trouble because that Montreal team is, pr- is pretty good.
1: Yeah, Friday's a huge game, though, with Saskatchewan and Hamilton. Uh, The winner of that one will certainly get a big momentum hit moving forward, won't they? For sure, yeah, absolutely. All right, Derek, uh, there's the music, which means we're out of time. Thanks for your time tonight. really do appreciate it, and uh, I will uh, see you on the weekend. Look forward to it. That, that sounds good, brother. All right, Derek Taylor, CGOB in Winnipeg, uh, play-by-play voice of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Our thanks to him, our thanks to Adam Konar, and thanks to our studio producer, Kellen Kennedy, as well. Don't forget, Bombers and Elks, Saturday night here on 630, Chet. 3.30 for the countdown to kickoff. 5 o'clock is game time for the Elks and Bombers. Uh, my is Mark. Scott, I'll see you tomorrow morning on 630 Ted Mornings with Chelsea and Daryl. Have yourself a great night, everybody.